right now, at this very moment, as I speak, multiplied millions of people around the world are caught up in what the Word of God calls the great falling away or great apostasy. You and I are living in it right now. The collective church and myriad purporting quote-unquote Christians desperately need to be shaken out of its, their, spiritual slumber to the irrefutable reality that we are right now, in the year 2018, in the very midst of the greatest time of apostasy and falling away from the true God and His truth in human history, doctrinal deviation, degeneration, and denigration is a perilous path leading not to genuine unity of the Spirit, as posited by its propagators, but rather disunity with the Holy Spirit. It leads to apostasy, perdition, and ultimately hell itself. Stay tuned as I begin to unpack, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the real truth about the perilous path of doctrinal deviation. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshiper. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God, he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal, affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ is our purpose. Friends, the subject of today's program is one of the most serious and somber topics we could possibly address. Right now, at this very moment, as I speak, multiplied millions of people around the world are caught up in what Jesus himself, along with the New Testament writers, prophesied and predicted would be a great falling away or apostasy. The collective church and myriad individual purporting quote-unquote Christians desperately need to be shaken out of its, their, spiritual lethargy and slumber to the reality that we are right now in the year 2018 in the very midst of the greatest time of apostasy and falling away in human history from the genuine faith elucidated in the Bible. While the collective church experienced what theologians and church historians have identified as a massive corporate falling away or apostasy during what is known as the Dark Ages, and that certainly was true, 
Nevertheless, the Word of God categorically identifies a great falling away or great apostasy that will transpire in the very last days just prior to the catching up or rapture of the genuine church Jesus is building, which event shall be followed immediately by the revelation and activation, if you will, of the ultimate Antichrist, who will be the devil incarnate and who will orchestrate apocalyptic destructions upon the earth and, quote, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. End quote. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 The revelation or unveiling of the Antichrist has not yet occurred, but it certainly is only moments away on the clock of end times events. The Apostle Paul prophesied of this great falling away or apostasy in 2 Thessalonians 2.3 in his prophetic delineation of the last day's events, wherein referring to, quote, the day of the Lord, end quote, which is the day of the judgment of Christ upon the unbelieving world, he stated, quote, let no one in any way deceive you for it, that is, the day of the Lord, will not come unless, or until, the apostasy, N-A-S-B, or falling away, it says in the King James Version, comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, meaning the Antichrist, end quote. So he is saying that the great apostasy will precede the revelation of the ultimate Antichrist, who has not yet, in this hour in which we are living, been revealed as the Antichrist, though the man who will one day assume that role as the devil himself comes to possess him is almost certainly alive at this very moment here as I speak. Millions of those claiming to be Christians in America and other nations around the world are really nothing but what could be called senos, Christians in name only. They claim to be worshipers and followers of Jesus, but the quote-unquote Jesus they are worshiping and following is not the Jesus of the Bible the genuine Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God and God the Son, the second member of the Godhead, but rather a counterfeit, a religious idol that is in reality a demon named Jesus, masquerading as the genuine Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 8, 4, the Apostle Paul said, quote, we know that there is no such thing as an idol in the world, end quote, but rather what is behind idols or false objects of worship and veneration is really demons. There is a demonic power and perhaps a 
principality that is being worshipped by multitudes today throughout the world that is not the real Jesus Christ. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you to help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. Indeed, did you know that virtually every epistle in the New Testament was written, at least partly, in order to counter and correct false teaching, that is doctrine, that was being taught and espoused in the churches to whom the letters were sent, these letters in the Bible that make up the New Testament, especially Paul's letters. But virtually every epistle in the New Testament was written at least partly in order to counter and correct false teaching or false doctrine that was being taught and espoused in the churches to whom the letters were sent in that day. The Apostle Peter indicated it was inevitable that false teachers sent by the enemy and motivated by selfish ambition and personal gain would come and infiltrate the churches secretly, subtly, that means, introducing damnable, now this is the word of God, occult hidden heresies or false teachings that are a product of corruption, that is, perversion or mutilation of Scripture by which they would entice many followers, but whose final end would be spiritual destruction and eternal damnation. Now, let me put that together for you from the Word of God. I'm referring to 2 Peter 2, 1 through 19. Listen to this. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive, King James says, damnable, damnable, KJV, damnable, heresies, it says, heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Oh my, there are so many preachers, teachers, people that have no idea that by claiming to be teachers of the Word of God, the Bible says, as far as in such you incur a stricter judgment, they have brought themselves under judgment. And they are receiving swift, uh, comparatively speaking, to eternity, 
destruction upon themselves. They have no idea. And their lives are being destroyed. Sometimes their families are being destroyed. Their children are being destroyed. There's all kinds of destruction in their life because they are teaching damnable heresies. That is not my word. And I'm not going to apologize for the word of God. This is what God says. And then the problem is, the Bible goes on to say, the scripture, this passage goes on to say, and many will follow. Many will follow. It's unbelievable to me how many will follow heresy. Things that are unproven teachings that are contrary to the word of God. And many will follow their sensuality. In other words, they're living by their senses. It says pernicious in other translations. Pernicious, that is deadly, destructive ways. And because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. The way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, again, as we saw in some other scriptures, the reason they're doing this is some sort of selfish gain, sordid gain, self-aggrandizement, aggrandizement of themselves. In their avarice, their greed, wanting to make money, wanting to make it look like they're teaching something nobody else is teaching and therefore You should follow them and give them all your money. And in their greed, covetousness, they will exploit you with false words, false words, or false teaching. Their judgment, the apostle Peter says here, their judgment, oh, these people will get judgment. Make no mistake about that. Their judgment from long ago is not idle. Oh, it might look like they're not being judged, but their judgment from long ago is not idle. And their destruction, their damnation, it says, is not asleep. But these, like unreasoning animals, it goes on to say, born as creatures of instinct, to be captured and killed or destroyed, reviling where they have no knowledge. They're actually reviling Scripture. They're reviling God. They're reviling Jesus in areas and in matters where they have no knowledge. They don't know what in the world they're talking about. They have nothing from Scripture to back this up. Will. It goes on to say, in the destruction of those creatures also be destroyed. When the time comes for those creatures to be judged and to go into perdition or destruction, at that time they will also be destroyed. Who? These false teachers. These people that are speaking heresies, false words, false teaching. It goes on to say, suffering wrong as the wages. Oh, they've earned their wages, all right. As the wages of doing wrong. So when you're doing wrong, you are earning wages. You just don't know it. You're earning wages that are being stored up for you. In fact, the Bible talks about storing up wrath. Suffering wrong as the wages of doing wrong. They count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime, it says. They count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. 
There's so many of these people that are just all about their own personal pleasure. They haven't died to self, as the Bible says. They haven't taken up their cross to follow after Jesus. They haven't died to anything. They do this, and God only knows and what goes on in the lives of so many people that claim to be preachers. They're reveling in the daytime, and they count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. It's about pleasure. That's what their life is all about, pleasure. But the Apostle Peter, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, identified these people, and here's what he said about them. They are stains and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions. These people are deceived. And they're reveling in their deceptions. They're happy about it. They're joyful about it. Man, they have the greatest time reveling in their deceptions. And the thing is, deceivers always take others with them. They always deceive other people. You have to have an object of your deception to be a deceiver. You're not just a deceiver of yourself, but every deceiver is also himself deceived. And I've always said, the worst thing about deception is that you're deceived about being deceived. Deception is always self-deception. People are deceived because they're deceived in themselves. It's themselves that are deceived. They have a proclivity for deception. They are deceivers. That's what deceivers do. They deceive. And deceivers deceive because they're deceived. And they want to be deceived. They like being deceived. They don't want the truth. They don't like the truth. They don't want to walk in the truth. They are stains and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions as they carouse with you in the churches among Christians, having eyes full of adultery and that never cease from sin. They never cease from sin. They cannot cease from sin. You know why? Because they haven't died to sin. They haven't died to deception. They haven't died to this world. They haven't died to the pull of this world. They haven't died to the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, Paul said in Ephesians. The spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. They haven't died to the rebellion. They haven't died to deception. They haven't died to disobedience. They cannot cease from sin, Peter said. Enticing unstable souls... That's what they always look for. Other people that are also unstable. And they're unstable because they're listening to and have not received this sound doctrine that solidifies you, that makes you sound, that establishes you in the truth. Unstable souls having a heart trained in greed. These people who are deceivers, their heart is trained in greed, oh my, how God reveals things in a way that's unmistakable. And there's so many people out here like that. They have a heart trained in greed. Everything they do is about greed. It's about personal benefit. It's about self-aggrandizement. It's about getting rich. It's about prosperity, their own prosperity. I'm like Lester Summerall. People used to ask him, well, are you one of those prosperity preachers? And his answer was, well, I'm not a poverty preacher. But yet he had a balanced teaching, a properly balanced teaching about, yes, God prospers us. 
and God's desire is to prosper us. But that prosperity comes from God when we are in obedience to him, when we're living a life that is congruous with the word of God and the requirements of the word of God, what the word of God says regarding the life of Jesus, that we're living a life that is in congruity with the life of Jesus, walking by the Spirit, and then we'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. We're walking by the Spirit, and in so walking by the Spirit, we will not be, just automatically, by default, we will not be carrying out the desires or the deeds of the flesh. Read that for yourself in Galatians chapter 5. Having a heart trained in greed and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, it says. Accursed children, forsaking the right way they have gone astray. They're accursed. They're accursed children, these deceivers. They're accursed. Make no mistake about it. They have curses upon their life that they have brought upon their life because they are not following God. They're not living the life that God has called them to live and that they claim to be living. They're liars and deceivers. Forsaking the right way they have gone astray. They have gone astray, forsaking the right way. Having followed the way of Balaam. Oh, we don't have time to go into that, but read about Balaam in the Bible. This is Stephen Lambert. We trust you're enjoying this episode of the Real Truth Podcast. You can submit your comments and questions at realtruthradio.com. These, Peter went on to say, these people, these are springs without Water. A spring without water is worthless. Somehow it looks like a spring, but it's without water. It's worthless. And mists driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved. Oh my, there's a judgment day coming. The black darkness is what they'll receive. They won't live in the light of the Son of God his eternal light. They'll live in the darkness of Satan and Satan's kingdom, a kingdom of darkness. It says that this black darkness has been reserved for people just like them. Oh, folks, don't be one of them. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity. Speaking out, they're speaking out. Many of these people are such glib orators. Boy, they have the gift of gab. People mistake them for being great preachers because they can just open their mouth and start talking and just say some of the some things that sound right, string together a bunch of words, but they're empty. They have no power. They're not from God. Only God's words have power. They're just nonsense. They sound right, but the Bible says, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. 
These people speak out arrogant words of vanity. They are egotists. They are narcissists. Everything they do is about themselves. It's about vanity. It's about themselves. Speaking out arrogant words. What are arrogant words? Arrogant words are words that don't come from God. They come from this person's own belly, from their own thinking, from their own mindsets, from their own desires, for their own purposes. They entice, it goes on to say, they entice by fleshly desires. That's what they use. They capitalize on people's fleshly desires. There wouldn't be any scam artists if there weren't people who are full of greed. And they get pulled into these scams because they have a heart filled with greed. And it goes on to say, by sensuality, they, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality. Again, their victims are people who live by their own sensuality. Those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. These are the people they prey upon. And promising them freedom. Oh, they say, you know, come and follow me. Follow this. You'll be free. Just like the devil says. Promising them freedom. But that freedom is a total lie. They're not bringing them into freedom. They're bringing them into bondage. And it says, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. They're slaves of it. They can't do anything else. They're full of corruption. They're not free themselves. They're slaves. They're slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome, by what a man is overcome, in other words, what a man is not able to resist, what a man is not able to walk away from, what a man is not able to be free from, by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved or brought into bondage. Again, that's 2 Peter 2, 1 through 19. And again, there's so many examples in the Bible about this false teaching, not sound doctrine in the Bible, and that we're instructed to reprove, rebuke, to stand against such things. The Apostle Paul chided the Galatian church, for example, whom he said had been bewitched by false teaching, the false teaching of false teachers who they had allowed to teach them. He chided them for deserting Christ for a different gospel, a different gospel, he called it, quote, unquote, a different gospel. We have that today. We have people who say they were preaching the gospel, that they're preachers of the gospel, but they're preaching a different gospel. It's not the true gospel of the Bible. How do you know if something's the true gospel or a false gospel? Simply, it'll be in agreement with the word of God if it's true. He chided them for deserting Christ. They abandoned Christ. They deserted Christ for a different gospel, which he said was really not another gospel, but rather a distortion or perversion of the gospel of Christ. You know, that's who Satan is. He's, he perverts, he distorts, he corrupts because he's not the creator. He's not a creator. He has no ability to create. All he has the ability to do is to corrupt or pervert or distort 
what God has created. And that's what he's come into the world to do. He corrupts what God has created. He can't really create anything. He just corrupts what God has created. And Paul chided them for following what this perverted and distorted gospel of Christ that these other teachers taught. And he told them that anyone who preached such a gospel contrary, read it for yourself, a gospel contrary. I'm going to read it here in a moment. Galatians 1, 6 through 9. A gospel contrary, he called it, or a counterfeit gospel. He said, anyone who does that and preaches such a thing is anathema or accursed. That's what anathema means. He's anathema. He's accursed. So let me read that in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. I am amazed, Paul said, that you are so quickly deserting him. It had not been that long since Paul preached to them, was there with them preaching these things. So quickly deserting him, meaning Jesus, who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort or pervert or corrupt the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Christ. There is the gospel of Christ. And that's the gospel that we need to be preaching today and that believers need to be receiving. Make sure you're listening to and receiving and hearing the true gospel of Christ. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary, you hear those words? Preach to you a gospel contrary to that which you have received. Let him, and I say, or her, be accursed. Be accursed. Anathema. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man, so he repeats it. The Holy Spirit is repeating it for emphasis. If any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary, to that which you received, let him be accursed. They brought a curse upon themselves by teaching a gospel contrary. In his letter to the Romans concerning those who promulgated teachings contrary to the teaching, the Apostle Paul admonished to avoid them. So he spoke in another place about this very thing. He says to avoid them. I'm going to read from Romans 16, 17 through 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, I beg you, I beseech you, brethren, mark them, mark them, which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine. Now there's people today that want to mark people. They're blackballing people. But they want to mark people for various reasons and for mostly political reasons, preachers against preachers. They want to mark them for reasons that aren't the proper reasons, just because they might be preaching things contrary to what they like. They might be calling them out as being false preachers or teachers. And they tell their followers, mark them. But here's what should be defining how we mark people. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine, the doctrine. 
Again, we've been talking about that all throughout this teaching, the doctrine. There is such a thing in the Bible as the doctrine. It's the doctrine of the Bible, which ye have learned. It's the doctrine which ye have learned, what people have learned over the course of centuries, over 2,000 years. It's the doctrine which ye have learned. And avoid them. Avoid those people that are speaking things that are contrary to the doctrine that's found in the Bible. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words or skillful oratory, it says in another translation, and fair speeches or flattery, they deceive the hearts of the simple. That means the untaught those that haven't been taught by the word of God. They deceive those people. They're able to deceive them because they don't know the word of God. In some cases, it's because people are illiterate, but there's multitudes of people today that are spiritually illiterate. They're biblically illiterate. They're illiterate because they don't know the word of God. In his closing remarks in his letter to Timothy, Paul enjoined, Teach and preach these principles, quote-unquote, teach and preach these principles. The principles he delineated within his letter. That's what he's talking about. He followed that charge with these revealing comments concerning those who advocate a different doctrine, as he called it. That is, they were teaching contrary to the teaching he taught in this and his other letters, as well as in all the other aspects of his ministry. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, those are sound words, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. He understands nothing. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth. Men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth. They're deprived of the truth. They don't know the truth. Who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. They think that this whole matter of preaching and operating in the church realm is a means of gain to them. Again, it's all about self-aggrandizement. A means of gain. 1 Timothy 6, 2 through 5. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. 
please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.